Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe better help is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with better help. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Well, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. It's wild how often I'm forced to think about body hair and the removal of body hair and how little I care about it on a personal level. But because of social stigmas and ideas programmed inside of me since childhood, I do occasionally battle with these subconscious insecurities that my body would look better if it were hairless. And before I go down any tangent on why I think that could be inherently gross and problematic, I want to focus on my latest mind spiral, which is the fact that I call myself super sensitive, and I try to find workarounds for that. I have a cruise planned for a couple of months, and I've been considering my relationship with my body hair and the people I'm going on this cruise with. And my Chicago friends, I have no shame about anything. Yet, I have to admit, sometimes when I'm hanging out with my Florida buds, I still hold on to some of my old stigmas and insecurities. And my friends don't technically care at all. It's more just the general culture of the area and what I see. And when I've been considering how I'm going to remove my hair safely, I have gone down countless rabbit holes trying to find the most cost-effective and preferably least abrasive way to remove this quote-unquote unwanted body hair. And I have to search up terms like sensitive skin or what to do to avoid bumps and pain and rashes. And I got frustrated because I was like, maybe my skin isn't sensitive. Maybe my skin is saying, you don't need to shave me or pluck me or stick lasers in me. I'm perfect as I am. 
And of course, that kept me up at night, so I tossed and turned right into an article from Mike.com, which breaks down the sexist tradition of women removing their body hair. As always, this article will be linked in the show notes, but I will be including some of my favorite takes and quotes right from that article, as well as a few others, but the Mike.com article is where I'm getting the most of my information for today. According to History Undressed, both men and women during the Stone Ages, that's caveman times for those of you who didn't pay attention in history class, often shaved their faces so their opponents in battle wouldn't have the advantage of grabbing onto anything, but it also reduced their chances of frostbite. That meant whittling down stones to sharp angles and sliding the stone down your face, or using shells like tweezers. Sounds miserable. But in ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia, they modernized hair removal, seemingly all of their hair except for eyebrows, in order to conform to a beauty standard set by women like Cleopatra, all to allude to cleanliness. There are copper razors that date back to 3000 BC, and evidence that pastes and wax were used to remove body hair just like we do today. And in the ancient Roman Empire, that hair removal was a signifier of class again, but only for women as men were free to wear their body hair however they preferred. But Queen Elizabeth I in Europe set some trends, including the idea that our faces should be groomed, but leg and pubic hair were fine. But in an effort to show how quickly fads change, all for vain reasons, there was a trend to remove the hair from the top of your forehead to make your face look longer. Mothers were said to rub walnut oil and in some cases cat feces to prevent hair growth on the forehead of their daughters. Yeah, good morning, baby. All for the sake of quote-unquote beauty, which as this long face trend can tell you is completely subjective to the time you're born into. Cutting to the 17 and 1800s, razors became safer and safer, and though used by everyone, were often only marketed to men for their faces. So this was one of the few times in history where there wasn't a single beauty standard dictating how women should groom and grow their own body hair. Yet in 1915, that came to a crashing end when Gillette, yes, that Gillette, created a campaign targeting women who had body hair, namely under their arms. In fact, they use ads that appeared in Harper's Bazaar. Bare underarms were not only attractive, but a necessity. As the 1940s and 50s rolled around, these campaigns targeted women's legs as Hollywood showed more leg and skirts got higher and higher. And of course, as we dive into the second half of the 90s, porn, fashion, and pop culture made pubic hair grooming not only an option, but a necessity. Brazilian waxes hit the mainstream in the 80s, and now for the first time in my life, I have noticed that we're able to talk about it. I see more and more young people opting to not shave armpits or legs, and even pop culture icons like Molly Cyrus and Madonna try to promote the idea that you can do whatever the hell you want with your hair. And from my years of experience with trying to trim and trying not and deciding if I like it better shaved or if I don't, it should always come back to what I want, not what I think the world wants from me. 
I still sometimes feel ashamed when I'm snuggling with my partner and don't have dolphin smooth skin. But as I practice the unlearning of that through time and immersion therapy, I realize how deeply ingrained my fear of being judged for my natural body has really become. And historically speaking, it's damn well time women took back the autonomy of deciding for themselves on an hourly basis if they want to keep the hair or not without this weird-ass external pressure from society and the occasional clueless troll on the internet. Because whatever we do end up choosing for our bodies is really up to us, because it's our body. And it's sexy whether it's covered in bushy-ass hair or it's completely bald. I promise you. I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. 